every Green Diva needs a sidekick. At the Green Divas radio show, they're called Green Dudes. Time now for a deeper shade of green from a guy's perspective. So thrilled to talk again to our friend Rodman Schley, who's out in Colorado. I think he's in the Denver area. We'll check in a minute. But he's the host and producer of, I believe he's a producer, again, he'll correct me if I'm wrong, of a really fun show called The Urban Conversion, which is on PBS out in Colorado. Hey, Rodman. Hey, how you guys doing? How did I do? Did I get your information correct? Everything but my last name. Schley? You're really close to Schley. Oh, my gosh. I'm so worried about saying Rodman wrong. I forgot the Schley. <laughs> and you probably correct me in the past. I apologize. Yeah, I correct everybody. Don't worry about it. Oh, well, it's a bummer. You think by now it would sink in, but we'll get it right next, next time. time. Next time. It'll be perfect. <laughs> Just you wait. Yes. So you're yes. busy producing more episodes of The Urban Conversion. You want to tell everybody what that is? Yeah, no, we're, we're producing, we just got done shooting five more episodes out here of Urban Conversion. Of course, Urban Conversion is about uh, creating sustainable lifestyles in urban areas. And we went, we, we had a great time. We actually shot out in Detroit, Michigan. Oh, yeah. uh, there was a group out there, it's urbanfarming.org, that we went and worked with. And they're kind of the original urban farmers where they're going in and teaching people how to grow their own food and in Detroit it's uh, really necessary yeah uh, more than it is fun it's a, it's a necessity in Detroit and we did a urban renewal uh, shoot out there also which was really a neat shoot it's kind of nice to get our hands dirty and see what's really happening in Detroit and trying to change things around in that city so yeah. incredible people yeah we did well I was out there with Ford a few months ago and we did a thing with uh, Habitat for Humanity that was rehabbing um, a neighborhood, and it was actually really upsetting to drive there because you have to go through these neighborhoods where houses are not only abandoned, but then they're just, you know, uh, ra they raise whole neighborhoods because the houses are falling down. That's amazing, isn't it? You know, I'm almost wondering if you guys were out there at the same time I was. Oh, <laughs> I, it, yeah. I think it was in June. I was in June. Oh, it was June. I would have been out there in July, but we were doing the same so thing. Close. We were going in, and they have like a three-mile radius of uh, these neighborhoods. And, and I, I can't remember. There's a road that splits east and west Detroit, but it really, you know, you're working on the east side, and you're working on the west side, and um, just, I mean, I think there's like 5,000 people who came out that day. Wow. Uh, not just that day, for that week. I, I mean, the spirit of the people in Detroit yeah. is absolutely amazing i was i was blown away uh by how much those people really really care about their city yeah and they're they're coming back and and it's it's a it's a very uh, inspiring episode of our uh, american history here because it's um it's sad to see the heart you know it's the heart of our country there yeah yeah it is and there's so much history in detroit and you know there's just so much sprawl and Unfortunately, when you have a population, I think their population was like 2.5 million at one point, and now they're like six or 700,000 people. Yeah. And when that happens, you get a lot of real problems because, like you were talking, they've got so many vacant houses, and then, you know, you've only got so many people in an area, and then retail doesn't want to come in, and then you can't even get grocery stores to come in. 
so what do you do? Well, a lot of people are just growing their own food. I saw and, that. I saw, and I don't know, you probably talked to this gentleman. I think I saw it on, because you haven't aired this episode yet, right? No, no, we haven't aired it yet. Right. There was a gentleman, I think it was on CBS Sunday Morning or something, who was talking about, you know, taking over some of these abandoned lots and growing food, like, you know, sort of guerrilla urban food farming. Yeah, it's amazing. And, it, again, it comes back to the people. I mean, they're just doing it. And most of these gardens, they're opening up to their, their neighbors, and they're taking the vacant lots, they're planting and saying, hey, if you need food, come get food. If you don't, leave it be. And it was amazing to me to even hear that you would think that if you opened it up to everybody, people would just take advantage right. and come in and take everything. Right. But not the case. I mean, people are very respectful of these food sources, and uh, they're all looking out for their neighbors. It was amazing. It was really cool. Well, it's very um, heartening to, you know, to to know that people will take care of each other when it comes down to it. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we're shooting away. We're having fun doing it, and we're covering electric cars, and we did a vegetable oil car thing, a whole alternative fuels episode, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, we've been we've been shooting away trying to figure out what makes sense in this whole green world of ours. Well, there's oh, there's so many different aspects to it, right? Yeah. Unlimited. I mean, it is uh, it's crazy. I mean, there's so many things out there. We keep getting better, and technology keeps getting better. The problem is, is you know, half the time you're shaking your head because you don't know where to go or what to do or how to do it. Um, you know. The good thing is, is we've got all these different options now. But the bad thing is, is we got to figure out how to utilize them all correctly in our lives to start reducing the old footprint. Right, and there's like you know, there's so many different, especially when you're living in an urban setting. There's so many different variables. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I think being suburban might even be harder. You know, I lived for a long time in a situation where I could not walk into town without getting run over. There were no sidewalks. There were no oh my lights. Gosh. You know, and it was a couple miles away, so it really, you know, you almost had to have a car when you had kids. Um, now I live in town, and I really, really en- enjoy that, and I like the lifestyle uh, for a lot of reasons. I love my town, but I love that I can just walk out the door, walk two blocks to the, you know, the post office, and there are, like, all kinds of restaurants and shops, and I love my town. Yeah, you have a great town. There's I always do. a lot going on, and people are always out. So, uh, Rodman, tell me, tell me what's what's the most interesting topic you've covered recently? Oh, well, of course, I, you know, I can't say enough nice things about Detroit, just uh, about the people in Detroit. But you know, it was it was really interesting. We covered well a, a little bit of a fun episode that we did. We just went back to we did a back to school episode <laughs> at the University of Colorado in Boulder which was really neat because they sent me back to freshman orientation. <laughs> and then uh, I got to go and learn about the sustainability practices at the university, which another thing where I was just simply, not just amazed at the school itself and what the school was doing, but I was really impressed with the students. I mean, when I was a, a college kid, and I didn't care much about anything other than, you know, going to the old toga party down the street, and <laughs> maybe hitting a class or two here and there, but these kids are really 
getting more and more in tune with environmental issues. Yes, they are. Yeah, and that, isn't that great? I mean, I, I didn't have, I had, I had no clue. I mean, I had no clue about any of that when I was in college. Well, it sure is encouraging. In fact, you know, um, Gina here, uh, she has a friend who we talked to a couple of weeks ago who worked on the Big Green Bus. I'm sure you've heard about the Big Green Bus. I've heard about the Big Green Bus. From Dartmouth. And, yeah, he uh, was a mechanic a couple of years back, and um, uh, right now they're building some EV race cars. So, you know, that's the future generation. Well, Gina, it's you. I mean, Gina is just a couple of years out of college, right? It's true, yeah. And, uh, you know, she was doing an environmental radio show. That's how we, you know, that's how we connected with her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I I, I wasn't that motivated when I was that age. There's no way. Oh, absolutely not. I think I, I, you know, for me, it didn't really start, and I think this is common, it didn't really start until I started having kids. And then I'm suddenly like, whoa, wait a minute. Like, what's yeah. on that floor? And what am I feeding them? And, you know, wait Cleaners, a yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. All that, stuff. <laughs> All that uh, stuff. And you have kids, right? I've got two girls, yeah. And they're... Uh, Adorable. They're I've seen pictures, else. yeah. Oh, yeah, they're great. I'm, I'm in love with my, my whole family. I'll tell you what, they keep me going, that's for sure. Now, did that did, was that true for you? Did that have an impact having children? Did that either deepen or accelerate your thoughts about this stuff? You know, it probably happened about the same time. It never really occurred to me. I had not thought about that, but yeah, I think I think once I started having the kids and then we had the family, it, your priorities change without yep. a doubt. Yeah, and you start thinking outside your own little world and you start thinking about other people's little worlds and. I think, you know, just in general, I think overall your priorities and your thought process and uh, who you, you become responsible for somebody other than yourself. Right. And, you know, that's that's big. That's a lot of responsibility. Well, it's uh, funny because, like, you know, I mean, I don't think I ever thought about whatever cleaners I was using or detergent and uh, until I had a kid. And suddenly I was like, well, yeah, I don't know that I want to put that on my kid's skin. I, you know, I didn't care about mine as much. But then once yeah. you start getting into it, you know, suddenly it's um, it's like this never-ending education I'm getting now. Mm-hmm. Always oh, yeah. Oh, yes. No, it's just in general, just the whole, like I said, it seems like our, just our kids in general, too, are, are changing. And I know you know, a lot of the, the kids' generation right now that's coming out of college and has been coming out of college, they kind of get that a little bit of a bad rap as far as being that, that generation of entitlement, and you hear all these different things, and yeah, yeah I see a, I see a lot different. I see, you know, I see a bunch of kids who do really care, who do really want to make change. I think there's a real social movement with these kids more than there is the, the kids coming out of college and just wanting to go get that job or you know get oh, yeah. corporate America. It just it's it's evolving into this. I don't know. I don't want to call it a social revolution, but it's kind of neat to see these kids and how they are. Uh, loving and taking, you know, they're embracing these social issues. I uh, hope it is a social revolution. I, I love that. Yeah. And my yeah, daughter, my baby, by the way, she's a junior in college, and mm-hmm. she's remarkably serious, you know, about um, about her health, about a lot of things. I mean, there are. It's not that there aren't kids around her that are, you know, having a good time and having yeah. toga parties, but. Um, <laughs> But she manages to have a good time and just, you know, she, I think she's just more mindful. I don't know if that has anything to do with 
mama. I'd, I'd like to take credit for that, but I don't. I don't know. I just see that there's more and more kids that are, um, I guess, without being boring serious. They're just, uh, you know, they don't. They're more informed. I think so. You know, like they're more informed and they tend to be more thoughtful about like the repercussions of their actions in terms of the environment. One thing, my my mother about smoking like years ago, because my mother, um, you know, I mean, she had us when it was, I'm not even going to date myself too much, but (laughs) back in the day, they didn't say that smoking was bad. Like when she started smoking in the 19, you know, 30s or 40s. Oh, it was like sophisticated. They didn't talk about how deadly it was. She said, if I'd have known then what you all know now, I wouldn't have. Right. You know, if, I don't yeah. know if I'm making any sense. But then, of course, there's always the people that really don't care anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they, they used to have doctors on TV smoking cigarettes and saying, you know, three out of four doctors recommend Marlboro, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, come on. That really? is crazy when I see those commercials. So funny. So yeah, I was yeah. looking at your site, and you have a bunch of videos there. from, And I was, I, I watched that one about food, industrial food production. I was like... Whoa, this is actually disturbing, um, but good. Now, I, I, I don't think you produced these videos. I was looking through them, and I was like, why? Where's Rodman? Where's Rodman? Yeah, <laughs> so, some are ours and some are not. Um, we've been working out here quite a bit with Chipotle um, yeah. on a few things because they, you know, they're, they're headquartered here in Denver. And, you know, Chipotle... Is I, they, there's been a little bit of social media stuff that has come out uh, uh, kind of against some of the stuff they they put out recently, but these guys, I mean, this group out here, if it's Chipotle, are so just committed to food and committed to doing food right. And, um, you know, it's it's neat to see groups like that. So we did we did a little work with them on their Cultivate Festival, shot some video right. with them, right. and covered that, and you know, they, of course, they've got a couple cool videos out too. Yes, they do. Uh, that really kind of drive home all those things that we fight against, you know, when it comes to food production. And I love to see a group like that investing money into information like that so that it can really make change. It's very powerful. It's very, I'm very impressed with Chipotle, you know, no matter what people want to say about them, nobody's perfect, but they're making, you know, big strides in changing the standard. Yes. Of how we think about food, and if we're going to have to have fast food, and we probably are, you yeah. know, why can't we have food that is more locally produced and without GMOs? Don't they have some commitment to remove GMOs by, I don't know what year, but in a couple of years? Yeah, they do. And, like, right now, of course, they're putting everything on. I mean, they're so transparent. I mean, they're putting everything on their menus. Yeah. And, you know, to, to let you know what does have a GMO or what does not. So. And my question to them was, well, you know, why why can't you get all that out of there? And they're just, you know, they just can't right now. They can't get it all the way there. Yeah. They're working all really hard to get it there. Yeah, it's kind of scary, um, actually. Yeah. Because, know, you know, they're trying. Really and, and when you realize how hard it is to remove, because, you know, you can't have sugar. You can't have any kind of commercial sugar because that's probably GMO. Yeah, right. You know, any kind of corn. And it was funny because I was going through the Chipotle. I, there's one near here that I, every once in a while, flip out and have a little bowl of beans and rice. And I was like, um, is that corn non-GMO? And the little guy looked at me like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you figure, I, would, I don't even know what the numbers are. I hate to misquote it, but it seems to me that over 75% of our corn is yeah. GMO. I would say that's so, probably true. Yeah. 
I mean, where in the world, you know, where where in the world can you go to be assured too that you're not going to have the GMO, and especially when there's no transparency along big big ag. Yeah. So. Well, I'm I don't thrilled. Know, all that's scary. That you're doing the work you're doing to help highlight these things and educate folks, and and you know you have some very funny bits in your segments in your shows too about how you can live in a city and have chickens and grow things and and be more mindful and uh i i i love what you do i'm hoping that maybe you'll pick up one of our little videos on your website one of these days yeah i should yeah well you didn't know that we're getting busy here in our little studio so next time you're i i watch I watch. I see you guys on the move. Next time you're in New York, you have to come to the studio because um, we'll have a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'd have a blast doing that for yes. sure. Yes, you would. <laughs> All right, my friend. Thank you so much for calling. Um, we'll talk to you again soon. And everybody, um, can you just give us your website so folks can find you? Uh, urbanconversion.com. It's that simple, folks. Do it. Yep. Bye, Rodman. Bye. Sh- Rodman right, Schley. I said it right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Want more information on this Green Dude segment and other ideas for low-stress green living? Go to thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com.